Hey, everybody. So if you've been a Christian for a while, you probably have come across the idea of the word redemption. And it may be included in one of those long list of Christian words like justification, salvation is a whole lot of words. But today we're going to break out the meaning of the idea of what it means to be redeemed or what is redemption. And what in the world does that have to do with healing? So this is going to be an important teaching, and I'm looking forward to it today. And so I want to welcome you to the Be Healed podcast, guys. Uh, It's always an honor. I'm Steve Hannett. I'm your host, and it's always an honor to be with you. The podcast is filled with interviews and testimonies and teachings, all aimed to equip you with a really strong biblical understanding of God's covenanted promise to heal you. And so we want to encourage you to uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're, are, we're just thrilled that we've reached over 152 countries. And we want to say hi to our friends in Germany and Italy and Singapore and China and Thailand, Malaysia, India. We just welcome you. The gospel is for every nation. It's for every people group. It's for every man, woman, and child. It is good news for everybody. So by listening to this podcast, you are going to be tuning in to good news every week. Uh, With me today is a friend and co-laborer in the gospel, and he is a living, walking, breathing testimony of the goodness of God and the goodness of the gospel. His name is Pastor Kyle Watkins. He's the senior pastor of Kingdom Culture Church located in Long Island, New York. He has an amazing testimony because he was a former Bloods gang member, and uh, he just, God did radical things in his life. And he also is the two-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion and is doing ministry not only here in North America, but also in Pakistan and Uganda and Ghana and different places. Um, he's also a man that understands the kingdom. But among all those things, he's here today to share with you how he received tremendous healing and restoration in his life because of this idea and this work of redemption. So I encourage you grab a notebook and get ready to jot down some keys that are going to be life-changing for you. So my brother, Pastor uh, Kyle, it's just, it's awesome to be with you. Uh, I love you so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Pastor Steve. It's a pleasure to be on. It's an honor. Thank you. Amen. Anyone who's around you can feel the joy, the love of God, we we just get encouraged just being around you, just looking at your face uh, and hearing your voice um, is, is just life-giving. So, I mean, something has happened in your life uh, that, that has created this, this amazing uh, vibe that you live with. And uh, I, and I think it's called Jesus, isn't it? it it's called That's Jesus right. Christ. That's right. Um, That's- tell us, uh, how did you, go from being a, a Bloods gang member, uh, being in, in so many difficulties as a child, h- how did you come to meet Jesus? Tell us your story, Pastor Kyle. Yes, 
Absolutely. Pastor Steve, love you back. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, to those who are listening right now, my name is Kyle Watkins, and I tell people all the time, uh, it was God's story, but it was my glory, but for God's glory. And so in this very moment, as I'm looking at you and as we are recording this, I cannot help but think back to when I was about the age of 13 years old, where I decided to become a blood gang member. Um, the reason for this was because I was looking for a father in all the wrong places. To be honest with you, when fathers fail, the nation falls. And I had a father, unfortunately, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that. Uh, but something happens when a father doesn't step up to the plate to serve as a servant. Scripture tells us that uh, Jesus, he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. And yeah. the unfortunate reality is, is my father was a pastor. Um, uh, he was a minister of reconciliation in the pulpit, but he was a sinister minister of pain at the home. And uh, being one of his children, my father is a, a father of four. My brother is the eldest and I have two younger sisters. I'm, if you will, the second uh, to the uh, oldest son. And um, my father was abusive. Um, he was very intolerable to mistakes or any flaw. And of course, we know we're jaded individuals. We have flaws. We have problems. There's no one perfect individual in this world. Only Jesus is perfect. And so we understand that um, when you live the life in an illusion, my father, he thought that son should be perfect. Uh, life should be perfect. And we know that's a lie of the enemy. Uh, unfortunately, my father, as I said before, was extremely abusive to me, to my brother, to my mother. My father would make me do some terrible things even to my brother. Uh, he would bring us down in, uh, to the basement of our home and he would have us have a bare knuckle fight. And whichever son were to draw the first blood, my father would take up that son in his arms and smile at him and tell him, you are the best son. You are the favorite son. Meanwhile, the opposite son, sometimes that would be me on the floor, um, beaten down. Uh, I would not be the favorite son. And sometimes that would be my brother and he would not be the favorite son. So just imagine coming up in that type of household, a man who calls himself a pastor, who has influence in the church, has influence in the community, but he's not doing his job at home. He's not living that, you know, the scripture says charity begins at home. And so uh, fathers, uh, you know, invoke not your sons to anger. My, my father had broken all of those, all of those commands, if you will. And it caused me to have a disdain towards the church. So again, by the time I was 13 years old, my mother and father had divorced at that point. I thought that a man looked totally opposite than what my father looked like. You know, the nice shiny suit, the perfect tie tie, you know, the nice wingtip shoes and the Bible in the hand. No, the type of men that I thought was a man by that point of 13 years old was a gunslinging thug. Um, women, power, control, um, and people who would terrorize the neighborhood. It was the superiors of the gang called the Bloods that I gravitated towards. I liked the control that they had, the power. Um, that's what I thought was a man. Of course, we know that that was far from the case because these were men that were hurt little boys just like I was. So the blind was essentially leading the blind, but I followed that trajectory and I thought that was the path of success. And so uh, that's the beginning of my story. That's what 
drew me to these men. It was brokenness. It was the need for real healing and real salvation. It wasn't until I found Christ that I experienced that healing. So when you're sharing this, I mean, I don't think there's anybody who can hear that story and not be moved with the intensity and just the, 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 the turmoil that you must have gone through as, as a young boy and so many bad examples. So from, from your natural dad, all the way through to gang life, how did you meet Jesus? Absolutely. So about a year later, so again, beginning gang life at the age of 13, I became a young soldier and uh, the gang that I was a part of was the Bloods, but a set is what Bloods typically do or any major gangs, Crips, MS-13, Latin Kings, they have offshoots, small gangs um, that are under the affiliation, if you will, (laughs) I hate to use this word, forgive me, denomination. (laughs) of the bloods. And so I was uh, thinking about that. You said it (laughs) again to our listeners. I mean, nothing by that. It's just a a small joke there, but uh, the offshoot of the bloods is called Brooklyn Queens murder unit. And in order for you to get into this gang, uh, you have to be jumped in, which means that you would have to be horribly beaten by a group of superior or otherwise soldier blood gang members. They would have to beat you down basically to a bloody pulp, uh, your blood would have to be shed. Your blood would have to be spilled. And now I was used to that because that's what my father made me do. But at that point, I just wasn't really, really willing to go through that. I was, I was happy to do whatever it took to get into this gang. This is how bad I was done. I was just in such a bad way. Everything was defragmented for me. I didn't know what love really looked like. And so of course I found the love of Christ, but In order to get into the gang, you had to be beaten in, or you had to go through some sort of initiation where you would have to hurt someone, maybe even kill someone. Um, That's not my story. What happened for me is I was pieced in or blessed in. And so the way that I was blessed in is I walked up to the superior and I had so much gusto about myself. I was so broken that it it just brought about this, this courage, if you will. And I just walked up to him and I said, I'm getting into this gang. And because I was so determined, he he saw something in my eyes like, goodness, let's get this guy, <laughs> you know. So anyway, um, I was blessed into the gang is what they call it. This is the actual lingo, the language, Pastor Steve, that they use. Blessed into the gang. Now, I hope that those of you who are listening right now, you can kind of catch the parallelism in this. Um, but we'll get to that in a moment. So my mom eventually, after I just was terrorizing the neighborhood, really bringing that toxicity into the home. My mom was always a believer. She said, you're going to church. And I said, no to my mom, I'm not going to church. You don't tell a black mother who's saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, uh, that you're not going to church. So she, she kind of gave me that look, you know, you don't, you don't got to do much, but just get that good look from that mama. And she said, no, you're going to church. And so I did, I obliged her. I sat in the back and uh, I, I tried everything I could do to, you know, show Apathy, show disconnection, show that I did not belong there. You know, people do that. And so that's what I did. You know, this is not a place for me. This is the same place where my father stood at the front and he would preach Jesus to these folks and he would live a completely double standard lifestyle. And so um, there I was sitting in the back, but that preacher on that pulpit ministered to my heart, gospeled my heart. The room was filled with folks. And I felt like through that minister, 
it was Jesus speaking to me, calling me unto himself, calling me to cast my cares upon him and learn of him, take his yoke upon me and learn again of him. And so that's what I did. The altar call was made, the opportunity of salvation. I walked up to that altar. I lifted my hands. Immediately, my heart was filled with so much joy. And I felt literally all of the chains, all of the bondage, all of the brokenness, all of the bitterness, all of the resentment, even towards my father. I let that thing go because I came into close proximity with my heavenly father. So at that moment, I lifted my hands. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I received salvation. July 14, 1999. I'll never be the same. Amen. And one of the things that I think is so powerful is that when we become what we call saved or what the Bible calls saved or we come into salvation, one of the greatest things about it is that we don't really know how great of a thing that's offered to us. We only know a little bit. Maybe we knew that our sins are forgiven. My goodness, that would be enough to make it amazing beyond description. But when we receive Jesus for the first time, in most cases, we're only at the very beginning of understanding what it means to be saved. For example, uh, when we become saved, we know that our sins have been forgiven. Maybe we received Jesus to say, okay, He's going to welcome me. He's going to forgive me. But we have to add on top of that the idea that, well, we just got adopted. We've just become sons and daughters of the Most High God. We've been released from the power of the enemy, according to Colossians one thirteen. We have so many blessings inside this covenant called salvation. And one of them or one of the elements to salvation is to say, how did God do that? Right? What did God do yeah. to set me free? What yeah. does he do to rescue me? Mm. And we come up with this idea of he redeemed me. Yes. Right? He yes. provides redemption. And so this yes. idea of redemption is, is inside this, this blessing. So I'd like to kind of unpack this this idea of redemption because everybody yeah. who's saved is redeemed. Mm. And we need to know, Absolutely. hey, if I'm saved, let me find out what this redeemed thing is all about. So go ahead, yeah. talk to us. What is this about? So so redemption is freedom that is given unto us as a result of the purchasing of salvation or through the blood of Jesus that is paid for our ransom. We have to understand this, that when Christ is crucified on the cross, through the crucifixion, we understand Christ suffered a horrible, horrible death, a horrible death from the nails through his hands, the nails in his feet, the piercing in his side, the carrying of his cross, the beating at the whipping post. Um, The crucifixion alone, the whipping alone, the, the, the journey through the Via Della Rosa, the carrying of the cross in and of itself, being beaten by the hands of the centurions, spat upon, ridiculed, reviled, <laughs> all of these things that Christ endured, we have to understand he endured it so that we wouldn't have to. It's the purchasing of our salvation through the blood of Jesus. It is the ransom, the price that is paid 
we essentially are indebted not to Satan, but to God. And so it is God pleasing the Lord, pleasing the Lord to bruise his son, to pay the penalty for our sins. So it's the blood of Jesus that is the price that is paid. And that is the redemptive power. It talks about that in, I believe it's Ephesians 1 and 7. Yeah. It says the redemption through the shedding of his blood, the forgiveness of sins that brings about the riches of his grace. And so we come into the gift of God, which is the grace of God. Ephesians 2 and 8 talks about that. It says, by grace, you are saved through faith. It is not of ourselves. It's not about our works. Works doesn't bring about salvation. Works come after salvation. It's through our faith. And that faith that we see is found in Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. It says, it is says uh, uh, we are justified by faith. Therefore, we have peace with God. There it is right there. There it is right there. We have peace with God. Why? We have peace with God, not because we did anything, but because we simply believed, confessing mm. with our mouth and believing in our heart. So salvation comes by virtue of, of course, repentance, but by virtue of our faith, by virtue of belief. We have to believe that he is the son of God, that yeah. God so loved he gave his only begotten son. And so that's how we receive that redemption. It, it's so good, Pastor Kyle, because you're, you're putting this focus on faith. And, and a lot of people say, well, what am I believing in? We're believing that what Jesus did has indeed changed my position yeah. and changed my condition. Yeah, I'd like to go to that verse that you brought out. It's Ephesians chapter one, verse seven. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. It says, in him, we have, there it is, redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according mm-hmm. to the riches of his grace. So a lot of times people say, okay, I have the forgiveness of sins. And yes, I know that came by the grace, but how did it come? It mm. came because of redemption. It came because of redemption. Now that word Redemption is a difficult word for me to pronounce in uh, in in Greek, uh, but I'm going to try. Um, but it's apolutrosis, I believe. Uh, forgive me if I mispronounced that. Um, but we can find that, and it's it's a releasing. Its literal translation is a releasing because of payment. Yes, it was not a releasing because somebody just said, you know, yeah. You can just let this slave go. Go ahead. I didn't want him anyway. No, it is a legal term. It is a legal term that that says something needs to be done in order for this slave to be released. Yeah. And when something is done legally, it's done right. It's done correctly. It means that no one, no party can go back on it. Yeah. When something is done right, like when you pay off your mortgage of your house and you do that legally, that bank can no longer ask you for any mortgage payment because that debt is paid. Now, if somebody just stops paying debt, now they're going to come after you, right? They're they're going to take what you try to live in. But God, hallelujah, he has paid for the ransom. You see, we were bound in sin, and and like you said, his blood, his suffering, the torturing, the carrying of the cross, 
the Via Della Rosa, the, you know, the, the, the way of, of suffering, it has yeah. created a legal release. Yes. Uh, a, a, a polytrosis um, that, that says you are delivered. Yeah. Uh, and so th- this is this this means and, and I'd like you to talk about how this impacted your life. This means this is not just some feel good philosophical idea. This is something that Jesus really did on the cross. He really yes. bled. He really suffered the payment yeah. for us to be pulled out of the house of bondage from Egypt, the, the payment to pull us out of all the, the dysfunction we went through is real. Yeah. And, and I want to tell everybody listening right now, Christianity is too frequently presented as a philosophy. Yes. It is not a philosophy. It is real deal action of God bleeding real blood to bring real freedom. So Pastor Kyle, talk with yeah. us. You know, you, you've got this idea that you're redeemed, right? You're no longer yeah. a slave. So how did that translate into the healing from all these things that happened in your life? So I love what you said about um, paying the debt, paying the price. There's the word expiation, which means atonement. And when you take that word atonement and you really just break it down, it it's at one minute. <laughs> it really is at one minute, right? It, because Man. really what's happening is it's, it's making two parties one. It's, uh, it's that Ephesians 2.14 scripture. I love it. It says, basically, for he himself, which is talking about Christ, he has made two groups one because what Christ did is he destroyed the barrier. And I love how the New International Version puts it. It says, the dividing wall of hostility. Come on. Think about that for just a moment. That as we're talking about Christ on the cross, what he suffered so that we wouldn't have to. He who knew no sin became sin that we might be the righteousness of God. That's kind of like that, that conversation of, of redemption. But let's also understand what happens is the scripture says that the veil of the temple is rent in twain from the top down. It means that it was God doing this again. It was the Lord that uh, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It, it's, it's God who sent his only begotten son. We didn't send him. We, we were lost in sin, right? But, but, but God sent his son to redeem the world back unto himself so that we can not only experience redemption, but reconciliation. God not wanting contention with man. And that's that wall of hostility, contention between us and God, because that's exactly what sin does. Sin puts a chasm or chasm, if you will, between us and God. And God does not want that contention. So then what does he do? He offers the sacrifice. He gives the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the world. God knew that Adam was going to fall in the garden, right? And so as a result of it, he already had a plan of redemption, bringing us back unto himself as uh, 1 Corinthians 15 talks about. I believe it's the 45th verse. It says, Adam was a living soul, but Christ is a life-giving spirit. spirit. So here he is now receive life in that much more abundantly. And so healing now is what we receive through the atonement of Christ, through the atoning blood of Christ. We have to see when Christ, Pastor Steve, suffered, look at it from a means of atonement at one minute. What does the suffering of Christ bring to us as a benefit to our bodies, to our mind, and even to our soul? Because there in our soul is where our our intellect is, There in our soul is where our will is, and there in our soul is where our emotions are. 
So there are some people that are listening to this that said, well, Pascal, he said he didn't get beat to get into the game. Well, I got physically hurt by my father, but really the wounds were emotional, Pastor Steve. And it tells us that Christ is here to heal us, not just in our physical body, but deep, deep within our soul, within our emotions, in those deep reservoirs of where we got hurt, Kyle, as a child or a a woman who's watching. Maybe you got hurt like my mother was hurt. My father abused my mother. Maybe you know what that's like to experience domestic violence or domestic abuse. Christ came to heal us on all areas, not just physically. We see the whipping post is resembling of the physical pain, right? Because Isaiah talks about in Isaiah 53, he says, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. But we also understand that Christ suffered in the garden of Gethsemane. Scripture says that when he prayed, he sweat great drops of blood. It's showing our emotional atonement when Christ is pierced in his scalp. And the the low tree, the thorns, they're like two to three inches long, pierced mm. into his capillaries and his scalp. He began to uh, bleed from his scalp down onto his face. That's showing us our mental atonement, our mental healing. Let me let me ask you this question, Pastor. So when you received this redemption, this 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 freedom, did the healing of your soul that you're speaking about did did it happen immediately? Was it over a period of time that you grew uh, in your maturing of Christ? Or tell us, how did, how did the healing in your soul manifest personally for your life? When a person is born again, their spirit is one with the spirit. When a person is born again, they receive a redeemed spirit. <laughs> Now that is the place where Holy Spirit resides. That's how the Bible talks about this in Proverbs. It says that the the candle of the Lord or the lamp of the Lord is with the spirit of man. So the way the Lord communicates to us is through our spirit. We talked about that earlier in Romans 8, how our spirit bears witness with the spirit that we're sons of God. So it's our spirit that is redeemed, but our soul is still in a perpetual state of sanctification. And so what we do is we take what we know has occurred in the spirit, and we are constantly working on our soul's salvation by taking what's in spirit and applying it to our soul. Um, So that's something that doesn't happen instantly. Sanctification is a continual process. It's something that we have to continue to work on. We have to continue to Colossians uh, uh, 3 and 2, set our affections on things above. We have to continue to 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, take every high imagination captive and bringing it under the obedience of Christ, right? So this is a continual process. It's not something that I learned immediately to answer your question very frankly, Pastor Steve. No, I didn't learn this immediately. I I didn't gather this immediately. However, spiritually, that's an instant thing. Spiritually. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we are baptized into the body. Absolutely. 100%. My spirit man is immediately regenerated. But now I have to take that spiritual journey and apply it to my soul, apply it to my will, apply it to my intellect, and apply it to my emotions. Yeah, you know, I I think that 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 should encourage a lot of us because sometimes we think, well, we got saved, but man, I still feel like a mess. (laughs) <laughs> and so, you know, it's it's very, very common that though we've received the redemption, we, we are now 
a purchased possession of Christ. Yes. But it may take time to apply the truths that happen in the spirit to our soul. And I really think about um, the idea of tuning an instrument. I was just sharing uh, at a church uh, this past Sunday evening and um, I had a guitar and I was able to demonstrate this uh, kind of live, but um, the guitar was in perfect tune. And so I, I played a chord with three notes on the guitar and it made a pretty sound. And then I went ahead and I put some of the strings out of tune purposely, significantly out of tune. And I played the same chord and it sounded terribly. And the idea is that our soul uh, starts out of tune to Mm -hmm. what has happened in the spirit. And as we read the word of God, it's like tuning the, the mind, tuning Mm. the feelings, tuning, and it's starting to get an alignment. And the more that we're, we're growing in the, in the word of God and, and the knowledge of God and the grace of God through the word of God, yes, the soul begins to get in tune with my spirit. And, yeah. you know, not to go too much into this, but the Holy Spirit communicates with our spirit perfectly, but it's the soul that needs now to come under the leading of the spirit of God, even through our born again spirit. And so I say all of that to say this practice, development, maturing, cultivation. These are all words growth that describe how the healing will manifest. But would you agree with me, Pastor Kyle, if we learn about these things, but we don't daily exercise, train, develop, apply, that you'll go the rest of your life being a saved person, but living without the benefit in your soul. Would you agree that that could be a reality if we don't grow? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, here, here's what I believe. I believe that when we become saved, we go through a severe, severe spiritual medical procedure. Okay. Um, I recently went through a severe medical procedure and I want to talk about healing. Actually, that happened in my body for just a moment. Pastor Steve, to the lower right part of my abdomen. Now I'm an athlete. You're an athlete. We're both martial artists. So we get along very well. <laughs> um, but I started feeling some pain in my lower abdomen area, abdominal area. And I thought it was, maybe I ate a bad burrito. So I went and saw my doctor and he said, oh, Kyle, you're fine. You know, you'll be just fine. You're good. Go home, get some rest, take some uh, Pepto-Bismol <laughs> uh, and uh, you'll, you'll be good to go. Uh, well, here's the issue. The problem ensued. <laughs> and uh, uh, one thing led to another where I just could not hold anything down. I was absolutely sick. My skin started changing to a, a like a pale kind of grayish type of color. I could not even stand. Something was clearly wrong. Mm. I went to the doctor's office and uh, they said, get to the emergency room. There's something wrong with you. Lo and behold, Pastor Steve, my appendix had ruptured. <laughs> wow. My appendix had ruptured. The doctor said, Kyle, we have to do emergency surgery on you. Because you're in a sepsis state. You are mm. literally, your body's filling up with toxins 
And if we don't operate on you immediately, you will more than likely die. And so I kissed my wife. I, we, we did a prayer and um, they brought me into this white room. They prep, prepped me and uh, they said, count down from 10. And I was out by eight. By the time I woke up, I had this connection to my stomach that was pulling out excess residual fluid toxins. The point that I'm making is salvation is that procedure. If you don't say yes to Jesus, you will die. You will die. You will die not only in sin, but you will die for the rest of your life in eternity. It's clear to us. Um, Christ obviously came because the Father doesn't want anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. But here's what happens afterwards. We receive that salvation, and salvation means deliverance, and we receive healing. We receive all the benefits that Christ offered spiritually. But now, like you said, we need to take that which had occurred spiritually and and bring our soul under the authority of Christ. Bring that under that spiritual renewal. And so that's a gradual process, almost like here it is. Here's what I had to experience, Pastor Steve, after this surgery. It was rehab. I had to go through the rehab. I had to show up. I had to submit to the physical therapist. I almost lost my ability to walk. I had to submit myself Mm. to that process. Mm. And so if you don't submit to that process, if you're not intentional about working out that soul salvation, which is Mm. where you can receive your healing, then I'm telling you right now, you will not experience the full inheritance and benefit of being. Yeah, so good. I mean, what a, what a powerful exhortation of the idea that the process is a rehabilitation um, and, and there's a cleansing. There's a removing of things that were put there by the enemy, but hallelujah, we are no longer slaves to those things. We are free in Jesus. So come on, why would we not want to go through the process? Because it's just the removal of the bad stuff that God wants to get rid of. Just let God remove it. I want to tell everybody who's listening right now, you may have been through a painful situation in your life. Um, Pastor Kyle shared his, we each have our own stories. Um, All of those things, the redemption of Christ has saved you and has brought you out from all of it. Now, I want to tell you something that a lot of people are unaware of. The whole world is redeemed. The Mm. saved and the unsaved are redeemed. Now, Mm. this means that what Christ has done on the cross, he has paid the debt for the whole world. His blood has been spilt. The debt is paid. But only those people who by faith, by grace, through faith, who receive that redemption are going to experience salvation. You Mm -hmm. see, just because Jesus did something on the cross doesn't mean that you've got it. It's there for you. It's provided for you, but it won't become yours until you receive it. So I want you to know going to church isn't going to do it. Doing Bible studies, even read about you got to receive what's preached. You got to receive what you read. That's the transference. So why would anybody 
not just simply receive what is already paid for. You don't have to work at it. You can just say, Lord, I've been to bad places, done bad things numbers of times. But Lord, I'm hearing that the price for me to become your child is paid. All you need to do is put your heart's faith that Jesus is the son of God, that God raised him from the dead in the third day. In other words, he defeated sin and death. Yes. And I want to tell you that today can be your day to receive salvation because you found out that he has provided the payment for it. I want to tell you, you could pray right now and I'm going to have pastor Kyle pray for you. And if you are saved already, You've already received salvation. We want to pray that you go through that process. Get into a good Bible-believing church. Get a Bible and begin to read. Allow your soul to go through that process. So, Mm -hmm. Pastor Kyle, why don't you go ahead and pray for those who maybe for the first time ever have found out that God's done the work, and they're going to receive uh, this gift uh, that they no longer need to be slaves to sin, pain, uh, or the enemy. And, uh, yes. and go ahead and pray for those who need who need to get engaged in that process. Yeah. Father, I thank you right now for those that are listening to this, this broadcast. Father, those who are sitting right now and are in their place right now, Father, where they're hearing that there is hope that there is salvation and that there is good news. And the good news is that we didn't have to do it ourselves. We just have to simply receive what God has already done by sending his son Christ to complete a perfect work on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for our sins. And I thank you for those who are receiving you into their hearts fully, wholly, completely, sincerely. And Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are so good to us, that you love the world, that you gave your son. And those who believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. So, Lord, we praise you right now. And we thank you for those that are listening to this word and have been gospeled. Their hearts have been changed, transformed. And it's not just a change of mind, but it's truly a change of heart. It's a change of course. Lord, your word says that old things are passed away and all things are made new for those that are in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, in this moment, I just thank you for your plans are perfect and they are on the path to success. They're on the path to regeneration. They're on the path to a life and that much more abundantly, a life of fullness, a life of no regrets, a life of moving forward where the cross is before them and the road behind them is the world. It's behind them now. So, Lord, I pray that in this journey, as they walk and as they step alongside you, that they would trust you and that they would obey you, that they would read every word and take it to its fullness and uh, Lord, not doubt it, but would completely receive it in their hearts. And that as a result of it, Lord, as these are transformed individuals, they would transform their cities. They would transform their homes. They would transform their marketplaces. They would transform Lord God, even where they work their jobs, Lord, that they would Be the transformative voices to their wives and to their children that they would know they're not just saved for themselves. They're saved for someone else to share their faith with others, to worship you, to adore you, Lord, to live a life, Father God, of holiness and righteousness, Lord, to find a church 
that's going to continue to disciple them that they would be presented as mature sons to God. So, Father, I thank you for this broadcast. Thank you for what you're doing through it. Thank you that souls are being saved and lives are being transformed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Pastor Kyle, can you tell the listeners right now how they can maybe find out more about you? You've got a great book uh, out, Never Quit, Always Surrender, and yes. uh, awesome title. Um, and I know there's a bunch of sites, and h- how could people learn and, and get connected to you? Sure. So uh, you can find the books on my website, www.neverquitlife.com, neverquitlife.com. Uh, you'll find my book, Never Quit, Always Surrender. Um, I just released my second book just last month called Be Thou Made Whole, uh, Living in Complete Victory in Christ. It deals with what we discussed today, the healing in the deep rev- reservoirs, if you will, of the soul, of the mind, of the emotion. And so uh, you can find that on Amazon.com and just type in Be Thou Made Whole, and you'll see that book is available and uh, so, yeah, there you have it. Praise God. Um, awesome. And I really highly recommend that people get a hold of this because if you liked what you were hearing in this uh, podcast, you're going to be able to do a deeper dive and study and start the process. Why not start the process with uh, with the Bible and with Pastor Kyle's book to help you understand some of these key concepts? Um, been an awesome time with you, Pastor Kyle. I want to let everybody know um, that, guys, if you have questions, you have um, ideas, topics you'd like to learn about, uh, send them to contact at gospelmissionnetwork.org. And we want to send you a free gift about your identity in Christ. So just go ahead and text the word healing to 94,000 and you'll be able to download a free resource uh, for yourself. And it's going to be a blessing. Well, we look forward to speaking with you. Pastor Kyle, look forward to eventually having you on the Be Healed podcast again. And uh, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Steve. It's a pleasure. God bless everyone. Pray you were blessed. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett. And you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone. And you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of the Gospel Mission Network. A church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.